0: I know you. I know where you live. (laughs) I know where you work. I know where you go to school. I know a lot of you. I've been watching you. You know you're confused about the story you're thinking about, don't you?
1: No, I'm not. You are.
0: (laughs) Let me tell you the real story about what really happened. you can trust me. In fact, let me tell all of you the real story. What really happened. Trust me. In fact, in order to do that, I need to take you back to the beginning. Because in the beginning, there were two amazing, glorious, majestic, splendorous beings. God, in yours truly. But I realized that only one of us could rule heaven and all the galaxies. So a battle broke out. It was a battle of galactic proportions. And it was back and forth and up and down and nick and tuck. And it went on and on and on.
1: Not really. It wasn't much of a battle at all. God simply cast you out of heaven and he cast you down to earth.
0: That kid is starting to bug me. Yes, I ended up down on the earth, but I wasn't through. I would still prevail. I would still rule. And once I began to rule the earth, I would rule over everything.
1: You weren't ruling on the earth. You were put under the feet of Adam and Eve. They were the ones ruling the earth in perfect communion with, and relationship with God.
0: Those Adventureland kids are starting to bother me. I could not allow myself to be ruled by those creeping, crawling creatures called man and woman. So I had to come up with a way to overthrow their authority so I could rule. And I figured out a way. If I could tempt them to sin, then they would be disqualified as the rulers of the earth and I would rule. So I tempted them. To eat the forbidden fruit. And they did. And it was so easy. These humans are so foolish. And they gave in. And they sinned. And I overthrew their power. And I began to rule. And there was nothing God could do about it.
1: Actually, God promised that he would send it deliverer that would one day crush your head. Uh, That kid...
0: Yes, I heard the promise. I heard him promise that a so called deliverer will come. So I was on the lookout. And I thought, as soon as he is born, I'll kill him. So there came Cain and there came Abel. And that was so easy. I just got Cain to hate. And then he killed Abel. But God kept repeating that promise. That promise of a deliverer to come. He repeated it to Abraham and his son Isaac and his son Jacob, whose name he changed to Israel. I hate Israel. And then the Jewish people began to multiply. And I had to keep my eye on them because I knew out of that people would come this one who supposedly was going to crush my head. So I watched and watched. But then there became so many of them. How could I keep an eye on all of them? So I came up with a great idea. I'd put them in captivity in Egypt. For hundreds of years, I could watch over them. But then they multiplied so much even there. The Jewish people that I thought, what do I do? I know. I will use the pharaohs, they were so easy to use. And I'll convince them that every time a male Hebrew child is born, kill him, throw him into the river Nile. And I thought, now that right there will take care of that.
1: Not all of them. You let Moses slip through. <sighs>
0: adventure kids okay Moses slipped through but I wasn't through I was watching all through history about when was this deliverer come and I thought God might try to trick me he might try to slip him by kind of a stealth operation so I was watching and then I was amazed that when it happened God just announced it Angels announced it to shepherds on a hillside. The Savior of the world has been born. And then the Magi saw a star and believed these prophecies that were handed down all the way from the days of Daniel. And they followed this star to worship the one they called the King of the Jews. Not only that, angels told, told Mary and Joseph that he's going to be born. So now I knew. I knew That was him. I knew that when he was born, that would be him, and I would just kill him. But you didn't kill
1: him when he was born.
0: (sighs) Because my plan didn't work. I was trying to use Herod and have Herod just kill all those baby boys in Bethlehem up to two years old, and that would take care of that.
1: But God warned Joseph in it a dream
0: and they escaped to Egypt. Yes. They escaped to Egypt. And when they went to Egypt, I went with them. Cuz I had to keep an eye on. I now knew which who he was, and I went to Egypt to watch. Cuz I was wondering how he's going to try to crush my head. And as he began to grow up, they moved back to Israel, and they moved to Nazareth, and I went with them, and I watched him grow. Wondering how, what is the plan to crush me? And then when John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River, he went to be baptized, and I went too. And at that time, at the baptism, when he came, his time to be baptized, the Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove, and then God the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And I thought, I know that's him. thanks for that extra confirmation. I got to take him out. How do I do it? Well, then he went into the wilderness to fast and pray, and I went too. I thought, ah, if I can just get him to sin, then he'll be disqualified to be the deliverer. So I tempted him. I tempted him in every way, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and boastful pride of life.
1: But it didn't work. He didn't sin.
0: Okay, okay. He didn't sin, but I wasn't through. I would still hold on, control. I controlled Rome, and I controlled the leaders of Jerusalem, and I had my demons possessing certain people, so I was in control, and I was not going to give up that control to him.
1: He went all about Israel, casting up demons right and left.
0: That's true. Boy, I don't like this kid. <laughs> yes, he went about and he was assaulting my kingdom, casting out demons. And I thought, but what is his plan? What is he doing to do to try to crush me? I know he's assaulting my kingdom. How do I stop him? Maybe if I just kill him, that'll stop him. But how? I had an idea, I know. I'll use the Romans and I'll use the Jews. I'll use their laws, and I'll have him crucified. And he was.
1: And that is where you messed up. You thought killing him would end it, but killing him was just a fulfillment of the prophecy.
0: Yes, it was. When he was hanging on that cross, I was... Wounding his heel, but he was crushing my head. And through that time, that was providing forgiveness of sins and also overthrowing my kingdom.
1: You lost at the cross.
0: (sighs) Okay. Okay, I, I couldn't hold on to people like I could before in captivity after that. But I still had some power. And I still had it as my goal to stop all of you. And so I still tried to hold on to what I had and stop you. How? First, I would stop your worship. I would cause you to think you don't have time to spend 20 minutes a day in your Bible or prayer. You just have time to barely get up and make it to work. And on the way to work, make sure that you are distracted by something on the radio that has nothing to do with Christ. And then go to work and just be so tired all day long that at the time you get home, all you want to do is sit in front of the TV and veg. I love it. See, I know that it says if you draw near to God, he draws near to you. And I don't want you drawing near to God. And I know it says if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. And I don't want you finding him. So I work against your worship. And so you can't be near him. And it's easy for me to overcome you like that. I don't stop with just worship. Then I work against your ministry. How do I do that same strategy that's worked for thousands of years? First I tempt you, I deceive you, then I accuse you. First, I tempt you with lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and boastful pride of life. Oh, the lust of the flesh. I am so happy about the Internet. I use Internet porn to destroy families and reputations and homes. It has been so helpful. And lust of the eyes Oh, it just sounds so innocent to say it's just advertising, but you are I bombard you every day with all the things that you, you should have if you want to really be happy. I convince you that more is better so you're discontented and you're always hungry for just something else to be happy. I love keeping you in that place. And then boastful pride of life. Try to convince you to care more about what people think about you than what God thinks about you. So you're constantly living your life for others and walking in pride. So I tempt you. And then in the temptation, I deceive you. It's called the lust of deceit. That's what I use. Now, what is that? The truth is that... Lust is deceitful. Lust is a liar. Lust promises to satisfy you and always leaves you more empty than before. So I use lust of deceit. And I lie to you. And I convince you to give in to the temptation. My deception goes further. I also convince you that you will not suffer the consequences. And I started off the very first time with Adam and Eve and said, you shall surely not die. There will be no consequences for your sin. You will get away with it. You will not be found out. And because God does not judge right away, many people are convinced, I guess I did get away with it, but I know you didn't. And so constantly deceiving you to give in to the temptation, and then comes my favorite part, accuse you. My names is accuser of the brethren. I love it. I love to accuse you, convince you, just heap condemnation and guilt and shame on you, convince you, how in the world could you serve God? Because of what you've done, you're not worthy. And I just keep heaping on shame and guilt until finally you quit. And quitting is what I want you to do. I want you to quit. I want you to quit following Jesus. That's my goal. So I use temptation, deception, accusation, and it works almost all the time, except sometimes Christians remember that if they confess their sins, he will forgive them. If they repent and confess their sins, they can walk again in fellowship with God. But I'm so glad most don't remember that part. So I work against your ministry, and then I work against your evangelism. I stop evangelism by just causing you to walk in fear, beginning to think it all depends on you, how smart you are, how equipped you are, and not on Holy Spirit power, so you are intimidated, and you are fearful of rejection, and I keep you from sharing the gospel that way. But some will still share the gospel so what do I do there well first I try to convince them that their neighbors have already heard enough that co-worker and that classmate they've already heard enough they don't realize that every time the gospel is not responded to I take that word away and they don't remember it but if they still go ahead and continue to share the gospel here's what I do I try to convince them, do not talk about repentance. Jesus said, unless they repent, they will perish. So don't talk about repentance because that's not, that's not something that we do anymore. So I get them to present Jesus like a help self, help self program. Just, just kind of ask Jesus into your self-centered life. You're still the captain of your ship. It's still all about you. And they never made Jesus their king, and so they never leave my kingdom. So I work against evangelism. I work against discipleship. Because I know that if people get the word of God in their life, they'll be able to walk in power and walk in liberty, and I want them in bondage. So I keep them. I try to keep them away from Bible studies. Keep them away from church. Listening to Pastor Gary. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> Just keep them from anywhere they might get the word. And, and I, even those kids in Adventureland, they get the word, and it's hard for me to work against them. And then the youth group, the gym, the youth ministry. They get the word, and it's hard for me to stop. them. then the cornerstone. Oh, I hate the stone. (laughs) Because they get the word, and they're powerful. Even at young age, they can make so much of a difference. So I try to keep them away from the word, keep them away from being discipled. And then I work against fellowship. Even the word makes me want to puke. Fellowship. See, the, what it says is it says that if, if they really are you know, committed to loving each other, love never fails. So I want them to fail. So I get them to stop loving each other. And Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. I don't want this house to stand, so I try to divide it. And I try to keep them away from life groups. My goal is to keep them away from small groups. My goal is to isolate them and then I can take of killing them spiritually all by themselves, fellowship. So I work against your worship. I work against your ministry. I work against your evangelism. I work against your discipleship. I work against your fellowship, but I don't stop there. I work against missions. This has worked so well because there are people groups that I have had a grip on for thousands of years. No one's ever gone to share the gospel, and I want to keep them in my grip So I convince churches, you can't afford to send missions. In fact, you need to spend all your money on yourself building nicer and nicer and nicer big buildings while these people stay in my grip. And this church here has done so much. But I'm glad that about half of you don't tithe. Because then you would double- Maybe triple your mission's effort. And I can not want that to happen. So I help give you excuses not to do it. I help you think, well, I, God understands my disobedience. I mean, predicament. <laughs> so for all of you that are in that predicament, thank you. Because I don't want the gospel going to those places where I still hold those people. So I work hard to stop it. In every way, stop missions. Finally, I work hard to stop that grace house of prayer. Oh, I hate it. Because if the people will pray, there's hardly anything I can do to stop them. So I convince people, you're you're too busy to go to the house of prayer. It's too inconvenient, and it works so well. See, the truth is, the prayer power of a church is equal to the Holy Spirit power. And I can't have that Holy Spirit power high in this church, so I got to keep working to bring down the prayer. And it's worked so well. So yes, I don't have all the power I used to have, but I'm still working hard to stop you and you and you, all of you, for taking from me and my kingdom. In fact, I just want to ask you one more question. Do you really believe that Jesus is coming back for you?
1: Yes, he is coming back to fulfill the prophecy in fullness. He is coming back to finish you once and for all. He, your time is just about over. In fact, in Jesus' name, get out of my church! No! I'm not confused about the Christmas story, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He became one of of us so that we could welcome one with him.
2: Didn't they do a great job? Well, I want to invite all of you to stand. Um, We're going to sing one last worship song. And we're going to be singing Joy to the World. (laughs) And it can seem like, wow, why this after such a, just such a pressing and a real message. But it's because we have joy because Satan has been defeated. He has been sent out and he has no power over us, and because that Jesus came, and because that he came and died for our sins, we have power because of Jesus, and so we just want to celebrate the fact that Jesus came, he died for our sins, and he was raised again, and that we look for so we get power back, oh there we go, wonderful, so I just invite you to sing with us.
0: Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad that Jesus has won? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you so much that you are the victor. Lord, we thank you that you have sent us the helper to live inside of us, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, this week as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, let us not be distracted by shopping and, and, and food and parties and things, but let our focus be on you. And what you've done for us. We rejoice. We celebrate you. In Jesus name. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.